Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me steal this one. What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Sean's dad, Jim. And we're back. I know it's been a little while. Uh, if you listen to the show regularly, you know that my life is crazy and we always have trouble scheduling recordings, but but we're back. He's a girl dad. Um, girl dad. A girl dad, yeah. Hashtag girl dad. But yeah, we're, we're back with some cool songs uh, that you may or may not have heard. My song uh, is from a movie, so you probably have heard it, but we're going to go through them kind of, or we'll go through mine pretty quick because it's a short song. Nice. Uh, I am doing the song Down to the River to Pray by Alison Krauss, which is from the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. And uh, <sighs> awesome. Dad, what song are you doing? I'm doing Worst That Can Happen by Johnny Maestro and the Brooklyn Bridge. Great song. Uh, if you think you don't like these songs, then you're not listening. So clean out your ears and listen up. Let's get right into it because... I don't want to waste anyone's time here. <laughs> you said you wanted to start with my song, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. That's cool. So before we get into that, I just want to make sure that I let everyone know that they should go and check out Pantheon Podcast. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can go to pantheonpodcast.com. If you like this show, I guarantee you will find a lot of other shows that you like on there. It's all music podcasts, and they're all phenomenal. And they got some big things coming up that we may or may not be talking about in a couple future episodes nice. but make sure you check that out make sure you subscribe to you're not listening wherever you are listening where podcasts are podcasts we are there subscribe rate review that all helps us get up the charts and get into more ear holes check out the teespring store and i think that's it do you have anything else dad joke you got a dad joke why does a milking stool only have three legs i don't know why well because the cow has the other <laughs> But uh all right, I think I went through everything. Uh we can we'll go through all of our social media and all that stuff at the end. If you really want to connect with us, you can find us there. But uh let's get right into it. So my song, like I said, is it this is different than any song I've done yet. This song is a cappella. It's slow, it's kind of quiet, and it's super, super beautiful. And it is called Down to the River to Pray by Alison Krauss. I'll give you a little taste of it here in the very beginning. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down. 
So that's it. If that sounds familiar, it wow. is from a scene in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where the three protagonists are on the run and they kind of bump into the congregation of churchgoers that are getting baptized in a river and they're all singing the song together. And it's a really kind of a cool moment uh, in the movie. But the song is unbelievable and their voices, Alison Krauss's voice is unbelievable. So go ahead, pause this show, click the link in the show notes and listen to this song and come back and we'll talk about it. How does that make you feel? That gave me goosebumps. I don't know why. It's like literally the isn't be- it? beginnings of it gave me goosebumps. Alison Krauss is a American folk singer, Americana, and her voice is unbelievable. It's effortless and it's just absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I remember the first time I heard this song was actually in that movie. Okay. And I just remember thinking that that was just really, really kind of impactful and just really heavy sounding. And can you explain the scene again? I mean, I'm thinking like, is this where the women are down bathing or something and they're looking over? No. The this is, this is no, when they're going into the church? Song. This is when they are um, running through the woods and they're like arguing and then about something. And then they hear, they start hearing the song, the voices. And they say, what's the, like, who's singing? And then they go and it opens up into this clearing into a big river. And it's this mass of people that are lined up and they're lining up to go into the river and actually actually get baptized oh, okay. in the river. And then and then one of them goes in and gets baptized and he's like, yes. I'm free of all my sins. And, you know, yeah, yeah I that's remember that, that part. part. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But it's just a really it's cool because that's a very humorous movie and it's a very adventurous movie. And that moment kind of slows everything down and it gets really kind of somber for a minute when you're hearing this song, which is pretty cool. But what's cool about that soundtrack is it really kind of started this like revival of deep South American folk music. Is that, is that what kicked it off? Do you think, or that put the spotlight I, on? I mean, it was, it was I going on this, anyway, this, I'm sure, but this won a Grammy for like best, like album of the year or something or soundtrack of the year or something okay. like that. Like it, it was a wildly popular soundtrack, which is weird because I mean, this is, it's not like Bumford and Sons style right. modern folk music. Like this is like legit down home folk music, like big rock candy mountain kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, from like the early 1900s. It, it is. It's a lot of traditional songs from the early 1900s. And this is one of those traditional songs. And it's it's really cool how they, they did that. And they got modern folk singers to record new versions of these songs. And, right, um, right. And I, I really think it kind of kicked off a, a kind of revival of that folk style, which is pretty cool. Well, did it, did America, it, kick, at least. Did it kick it off so, so it kind of like made everybody kind of pay attention again? Or was it always going on and in the regular genres that, you know, somebody from New Hampshire like, wouldn't really kind of be exposed to, like maybe kind of open up our eyes? I mean, has it always been yeah, there I th- forever? And it's like, hey, we need to pay attention to this. It was it more of that? Yeah, you think? I think or? so. I, I, think, I think the only place that you would hear these kind of music, this kind of music before then is probably like Renaissance fair type places obviously oh, renaissance okay. fairs yeah. but like those kind of places county fairs that are you know practicing really old traditions and stuff and right. you get some folk folk artists there kind of like you you know for a while the only place that you would hear traditional irish songs or scottish songs is at like the highland festival things like right. that where they're still okay. being gotcha. played but like you need to seek it out and that and then you know after this came out you Mainstream. started hearing more of that stuff and you start getting you know deep folk covers of modern songs and stuff like that. And I think it kind of brought it into yeah. the mainstream a little bit more than it was. Greater appreciation. This, the, and, the soundtrack uh, really was like wildly popular. And it's yeah, really I remember good. It. Yeah, I remember. And she was all over this soundtrack, correct? She had other songs. She's on a, yeah, she's on a few of them. 
Okay. He's on a few All of them, right. but this song stands out to me as just one of the most beautiful vocal songs I've I I know. Um, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I love that they did it a cappella, and there's some really cool things that they did with it. But I want to get your kind of yeah. And what I mean, obviously, it feels like uh, it's going to break into you know everybody a gospel song where everybody's clapping along and it kind of kicks into the next level, and it never does. No. So it's it seems Stays very somber. Somber is the word I was thinking. Yeah, seems somber and um, very intentional, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it, it kind of gave me goosebumps. It's like, why? and, and I'm, I'm looking at myself saying, why am I feeling this with this particular song? And I don't know why, because I was trying to think, okay, maybe it was the imagery, but I can't remember this part of the movie, frankly. So it wasn't like it brought back that thought stuff. I mean, her voice is, is amazing. You know, I, I, I know her because DJ and I, that was a very popular song to play at weddings, especially um, when you say nothing at all, which is one of her huge hits. Uh, I've actually had people sing that song to their groom for their first dance. And that's the thing I remember mostly about, about that. And then ever since that, I've always tried to play some Alison Krauss, but, um, but with this song just, it was, um, I mean, obviously the way it builds and, and, you know, everybody else joining in, um, you know, in the back of the church while she's singing kind of thing was, was magical, but yeah, it was, it was different. It was different. I'm surprised it, it that, that you're drawn to this. I mean, I'm not surprised cause it's such a beautiful song, but I was surprised that this one kind of picked up your, your, your energy and stuff. This is one of those ones that you can kind of close your eyes and let let the whole song just kind of like wash over you and let it take you where it's going to take you, right? Like similar, I mean, we when we talked in the very first episode about the disturbed cover of The Sound of Silence, it's just one of those right. songs that like you can shut out the world and just listen to it and let let the song take you where it's going to take you and I think this one takes you to a very a place of peace and calm and there's there's a togetherness about it that comes at the end when it's everybody singing. Yep. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's really cool what they do with the lyrics and with the structure of how they recorded it. So so before you do that, so yeah. the question, so we're we're appreciating it, you know, and I mean, it's, it's our nature to do that. Hence this this podcast, being quote unquote music guys, I think we're, we're open to that. What about the casual listener? If I, if I was to, and I'm trying to think of some people individually who I know who are friends and family. If I was to say, here, put these headphones on, close your eyes, get washed you know, over by this song. Do you think they'd get it? Do you think it, it has that kind of impact on other people too? Or? I think if you set it up right, I think... I think if you just say, "Hey, listen to the song. This is a this is a really beautiful song." They'll say, "Oh, yeah, that sounds good." Some people might consider it kind of cheesy because it's, you know, a religious song or it's from the movie and it's, you know, it's a little bit dramatic, but I wouldn't good call word. this it deep is dramatic, in yeah. the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call this deep in the cheese nope. for sure by any means. I I think what you need to do when you're introducing it is really like you said, give them good noise-canceling headphones so they can really hear it well. And say you need to close your eyes and you need to not focus on it you need to just listen to it and just let it work its way into your ears and your mind and Good i strategy. think people okay. will appreciate it if they focus on really taking it in because okay. i think if you just kind of play it and you're just like oh he's showing me the song okay i'll listen to it and see you know whatever i think you really need to tell them like you really need to focus on the sound so, of this song so you can't force this on somebody they have to be ready to hear it too and you have to kind of set it up the right way okay I think gotcha. so. I think okay. so. Yeah. So what is it? What is it that about the structure and everything else that kind of that, that's intriguing to you? Well, it's cool. Like what you said, uh, the casual listener when you listen to it for the first time, it's an a cappella song. There's no instrumentation in this, and so it on the surface it seems very simple, right? But what they do is they layer this so interestingly. And I want to play the very first seconds of each verse 
because it starts off with one person. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that. Right? Yeah, with and a little then, reverb. Yep. 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 Pretty. Lots of reverb. It sounds like she's in a church. Yeah. And then the first verse, she starts off with, oh, sisters. And it adds like a couple women harmonizing with her. Oh, Which is, sisters, let's go down. Let's go. Which is why right. I thought of that image of them, the sisters or the women bathing and all that kind of stuff. But the it wasn't sirens, that. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's okay. the siren yeah. song theme. So that whole movie is actually like a, a parody, I guess, or a modern retelling of uh, The Odyssey. Right, correct. And right. that scene that you're talking about is the siren song. Siren scene, scene. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's not what this is, though. So the right, second sorry. verse is, <laughs> the second verse is, is, oh, brothers, and tell me what you hear when she starts this verse. Oh, brothers, let's go could you hear the male singers come in yep i've missed all that along the way too oh that's sisters why i'm and showing it to singing. you yeah i wasn't listening yep. clearly <laughs> clearly <laughs> and then the third one is oh fathers let's go down let's go down come. so you get you get more and more people every time and then this is oh mothers oh mothers let's go down so you feel the you feel the group of people getting bigger and bigger every time they yes. add on a different, um, li- like a different person or, or group of people in in the lyrics. And then the last one, what's cool is they start with you know one person and then sisters, brothers, sisters, fathers, brothers. mothers. So you get everyone. And then the last one is sinners. Oh sinners, let's go down, let's go down. And it's everybody. Wow, right. everybody is a sinner. Right, and that's right. the whole theme: going down to the river to pray, to get baptized, and get get absolved of your sins, and get rid of that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful setup. And I love how they, it's like it's almost like she's calling them in, like, "Hey, you know, come to me, sisters, come to me." And then they're singing with her, and then brothers come to me, and then they're singing with her, and it's just more and more people. That is so cool to me. <laughs> I love that. I think I just think it's really cool how they did that. So two two thoughts. First off. I was doing the old closing my eyes, headphones on, and letting a song wash over me. And it was, I was at more, not deep in the cheese, but deep in the moment of just like, oh, here it builds. And I feel like I'm in a church and here's, it's getting louder and it's getting deeper and it's getting, it's getting bigger and all. I miss those little subtleties of the invitations from each um, chorus like that. So I wish I would have, I'm going to go back and listen to it that way because it's going to have that, that kind of different, different kind of meaning. And then number two, this has to be an old folk song that she, she did, right? This wasn't something It's, it's super the, traditional. It's super it is, traditional. Okay. So, okay. Some people think it even like came uh, from Africa. Like it's okay. really, really, really old. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. This All is right. a very, very old song. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right. That's what I was, I was wondering. Yeah. And, wow, that um, is cool. That is, that's when you, when you explain that structure that way, that is cool. And again, there's the visual. Yeah, it's it's really, really neat. And, you know, I noticed this really early on, actually, like when I first saw the movie and then when I first listened to the soundtrack, I listened to this song and like the second or third time I, I heard it, I noticed that because I liked how it was building. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's like, yeah. and you start you start to pay attention to it. And then I watched a video and they did that. Like I watched a live performance of it. And oh. they had like three backup singers in the beginning. And then they had like five or six backup singers and it included men. And it was like really, it was really cool. Okay. So I was like, oh my God, I'm right. I was right. <laughs> it's not just I knew me it. being crazy. I knew it. I knew it. So you, had, so you listened to it several times and then it, then it dawned and you're like, wait a minute, this structure is a little different. And 
in every every course they're inviting more people in and then, oh that's cool yeah. yeah so you notice it that way gotcha mm-hmm. yeah because i missed all it's that very very cool <laughs> Well, you got to listen. I mean, you know how closely I listen to music and I right, I can't right. not analyze music when I listen to it. So Right, right, exactly. Um, just a couple more things I want to point out that are kind of cool. Like there's not much to this song, so there's not much to talk about beyond that. But one thing that is cool that they do is they change up the lyrics like once. So in almost every verse. Come down, come on down. Yeah, right there. Okay. So in almost every verse, this is what they say. Fathers, let's go down, let's go Let's go down, come on down. Except for one verse, they say this. Whoa. I don't know what the purpose for that would be. Why? Stop that. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) But it's just a little bit of like variety that changes things up a little bit. That is just, it's just really cool. And it just, it, I think... I don't know. I feel like it gives it a little bit more like human feel as opposed yeah. to I'm telling you like let's go down. We're all we're doing this. It's like come on, yeah. don't you want to do this? Don't you want to be it, Yeah, you know, and, it's, and I don't teeth, know what like, it is. About. Come on, let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's just that it's just one little tweak. And then there's one last thing that they do. It's earlier, it's before that. And these are the kind of things that that I love the little I- improvisation you know you get like you get a little freedom because this is a really tight song yeah there it's very structured they hit the notes they hit the notes that they're supposed to hit but yep. there's one I think moment I know what you're gonna say i think i know what you're yeah. gonna do go ahead go ahead show the starry crown the lord show me did you hear it crown when she said yep. she said starry crown yep the starry crown the lord show me yeah. So she's the only one that does that, and she only does it once. And it's so it's restrained, but it's just enough to give it a little bit more human element than being so robotic and hitting those notes every time. And, wow. And you know that. It. Yeah. You listen to music so gorgeous. differently than I do because I never would have picked up on that. And, I, I and, and now, after, after hearing that, I'm never going to hear that in the same way. I'll never unhear that every time I listen mm-hmm. to that song, you know, which obviously yep. is the intent. So. That's the idea. And then one other thing that I wanted to say is there's this song, like you said, this song is old. There's a lot of other versions of it. And um, I noticed it in, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, do you remember the movie Holes with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. So I, I, I remember watching. I don't know if I ever watched the whole thing. <laughs> it's one of those like, yeah, it's that a, looks good. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good movie. I liked the book a lot when I was a kid and then the movie yeah. came out and it was kind of like, you know, it was fun. But um, I, I was watching that movie a couple of years ago. And I heard this. Come on. <laughs> I know. Come on. Who knew you could sing a, th- that's the same song in two vastly <laughs> different styles? I mean, how yeah. cool is that? Wow. So that's the last thing that I wanted to, to share. But wow. I, I just, this song for me is so gorgeous. It's quick, it's simple, but it's heavy, and and I love it. I love the way it makes you feel. I love kind of the mindset it puts you in. I think it's a cool message. You don't need to be a religious person to enjoy this, but um, I just I thought it was worth sharing. And, and get away. Think- I've been doing a lot of rock, or, rock and roll stuff lately, so I wanted to kind of <laughs> go in a little different direction to kind of mix it up a little bit. Well, you got to keep people guessing. Do you, 
do you think that um, one of the reasons why it was such a popular movie, popular soundtrack, and all, is because the producers, the people put the music and everything together on this, like put those kind of details into perfecting this music as well as as the uh, the visual aspect. So I don't I don't know if the producers had that much. The film producers had that much say in like how the music was produced, but I'm sure that they said, this is the scene, this is the feel we're going for, and then the music producers and the artists were able to do what they wanted to do. But that you, that movie wow. is so music-heavy. It is so driven by it music. Is, you, could right, almost consider, right. you could almost consider that movie to be a musical. Musical, yeah. Uh, and there are there's a few scenes where George Clooney and his char- his character he doesn't actually sing but George Clooney's character actually does sing some of the songs in that movie yeah. like he sings Man of Constant Sorrow and he sings a couple other songs excuse yeah. me so I guess that that you would consider that movie to be a musical but it's not like you know some of the it's not Grease it's not you know <laughs> it's it's like real songs that uh, would be popular and would have been played and performed at the time yeah, I- that that movie takes place. And you think about it, you know, uh, and I don't know, was that 20 years ago? How long ago was that? Remember the year of that? That um, movie came out. Um, I can look it up. And who who at that point is sitting around a, a um, you know, a table in a boardroom saying, "Here, I'm pitching you this idea for a movie, you know? Um, oh, no, no, no. You know, the Americana stuff, that's not going to work. And that's a story, you know, breaking out of prison. We've, we've seen that too many times. We're not going to be doing another Cool Hand Luke. And we're not going to be doing another Shawshank, blah, 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 blah. But we'll get George Clooney. Oh, okay. Let's make this movie. You know, I mean, like it was like, where it was two thousand. So it from? was 21, 21 years ago. Um, you know, but you got to think beyond that. Hey, I wrote this script for this movie. It's a retelling of the Odyssey, right? And it takes right. place in like the Deep South, Alabama, or somewhere like <laughs> Mississippi. I think it takes place in Mississippi in like nineteen oh one. They'd be yeah. like. Are you serious? Thanks for coming, son. Have a nice day. There's the door, right? Now, right, and that right. was was this was this a book prior to? The yeah, it's movie? called the Odyssey. You know? No, no, not the Odyssey, By not Homer? the Iliad and Odyssey. <laughs> no, not the Iliad and the Odyssey. But was there a, an old brother there? I don't think so. Like like version of it that they turned into a movie? No, okay. No, I think they I think they wrote the movie based on the Odyssey. Based on the Odyssey, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which it's cool because okay. it's got all the elements. It's got the sirens. It's got the cyclops. It's got, it's really neat yeah. how they did it. If you know the story of the Odyssey and you didn't know that that movie was based on it, now you do. Go watch that go. movie again with that story in mind, and it's really cool. It's a really cool watch. I, I love that movie. movie. Yeah, you always did. You always did. I, I think I've always fact, loved that movie. I think I bought you that CD one Christmas or something like that because you liked that so much. So we bought it at some point. So yeah. Um, Interesting. Cool. Favorite favorite part of the song? Uh, uh, I don't know. I think I just like the very beginning when the first backup singers come in and you start to feel it build a little bit. I think it's just. I just think it's really gorgeous. I like. I like her voice and I like the way they did it. Yeah. uh, When the harmonies start to come in is is when it starts. When I start to like feel it, you know, feel it. (laughs) (laughs) You what? You feel it. You feel it. Okay. No, cool. Good job. Now, anybody you see covering that? No. Anyone could cover it, apparently. You can do it in any genre. Every, everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Um. As far as like the, the this style. Marin Morris. I don't know who that is. That's the one I did take, uh, the, the church one I did a couple episodes back. Oh. Country singer. I mean, Dolly Parton. I'm trying. You know who I who I can hear doing this? Delta Ray would- um, yeah would yep. slay this it would sound pretty similar because they're their group we're gonna have we're gonna talk about them on the <sighs> show but yep. um 
Yep. They are a group of, you know, Southern singers that have the tightest harmonies I've ever heard in my life. So it would yep. sound pretty similar to this, but they would slay it and it would be really good. Again, maybe they've already done it. You know, let's YouTube. Maybe that they have. Be surprised. They, yeah, did, wouldn't be surprised. they did an amazing uh, cover of uh, what's it called? The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, really? It's out of control. Yeah. Okay. I have to go listen to that. So. Well, you know what? That brings me up to, I know we've talked about this off air and stuff, but I'm going to bring it up and embarrass you in person here. One of the things we want to try to, to talk about doing in, in future podcasts is, you know, hey, you know, add this song to your, to your playlist or however, whatever we want to kind of term it. And um, we always talk about other songs and I almost wonder if like every episode we can start to throw out like, you know, we may not do an entire show on it, but here's a song that I want somebody to pay attention to and throw this on your, on your playlist and maybe... That song by Delta Ray would be would be a good one to kind of kick it off, you know. You know, you don't know yep. this, but we're not going to do a whole whole podcast on this. But you want to pay attention to the song? Go put that one on your list. You know, one of those deals. I saw a thing where someone uh, made an argument that the chain is the the greatest rock and roll song ever written. I would need to look into that. Wow, that's bold. But it's a really good song. We don't, I, I, I'm going to need to listen to it again. I know it has one of the greatest bass lines ever. But uh, <sighs> see, for me, it's just another Fleetwood Mac song. It just doesn't. It's okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, that bass line is so good. Whatever. That's a different conversation. I, don't know. I think there are a lot I of didn't bands make that, that claim. I read that <laughs> yeah. online. Yeah, that's a bold thing to say. Be careful. We're going to get we're gonna yeah. get blowback with that one. So, so. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Anything else about that song? Nope. And, and do other nope. soundtrack? Go, no. Go back, listen to it, uh, you know, get some appreciation for some, some really old school, deep American folk. It's That's real American folk music. Traditional Americana. American folk music. We're not talking Mumford and Sons or any of that stuff. That stuff is has its place, but this kind of music, if you're looking to learn a little bit more about history of American music and, and real American folk music, this is this is you don't get too much more traditional than the types of songs on that and, soundtrack. And you've always been into that anyway, never mind. So it's not like it's a trendy thing for you. You've always liked that kind of stuff and you're drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I like nice it. stuff. Cool. It's nice to listen right. to. You got to be in kind of a certain mood to be listening to that stuff regularly. But um, yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Ni- it's nice music. That's why it's lasted, you know, past the test of time. Right, and other people can uh, can still do it and still has the same effect. So yep, in contemporary areas, good, good, cool, mm-hmm. cool. All That's right, it. ready for so mine? Let's let's move on next. What's up, people? Sorry for the interruption, but I just want to take a quick minute and talk to some people who listen to the show, listen to other podcasts, and think, hey, maybe I'd like to do that. Maybe I want to start my own podcast. I always encourage people to start podcasts because it's 2021 now, and if you have something to say, there's no reason not to say it. So Harmon and AKG were nice enough to send us their AKG Podcaster Essentials Kit, and this isn't a sponsor. They don't sponsor the show or anything. They sent us this kit and I was really surprised by this microphone for the price that it's at. It's a USB microphone plugs directly into your computer and it's cool. It's called the AKG Lyra microphone. It's got a super cool retro look and it's cool because you can talk to the front of it. You can have someone on either side of it, talk to the front and the back. You can have people around it. It has a stereo sound and you can choose where you want that signal to be coming from, which is really cool. And, um, you know, for the price, it's a really great kit. It also comes with noise canceling headphones that just have a great sound and a bunch of different cables of different lengths and a carrying case. So it really has everything that you need to have a podcast ready to go anywhere. And, you know, like I said, it's not a sponsor. I'm not obligated to, you know, make sales or anything. I just 
was surprised. I was really happy that they sent this to us, and I'm proud to add it to my arsenal of microphones that I have here. Um, so again, if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you don't know too much about the equipment and you're a little nervous about the technical aspect of it, this is a really easy way to get started. I'll have a link to this kit if you want to take a look at it uh, in the show notes. But just a couple things I will say, it, this is a condenser microphone, so it's going to pick up a lot of stuff. So if you don't have a good dedicated recording space that has some sound treatment or you know you don't feel like recording in your coat closet where you have a lot of stuff that can deaden the sound it is going to get some extra noise in there so just be aware of that it's a little bit noisy if you don't have good sound treatment but like i said great starter microphone for anyone who wants to start a podcast check it out check out the link in the show notes thank you again harman for sending it along i'm sorry that this this sounds kind of sponsory addy but um you know i really wanted to give him a shout out because uh it was pretty cool that they sent us this and i think i really do think that it's a good tool for anyone who wants to start out so that's it back to the show thanks guys all right so we're gonna go from um the odyssey to shakespeare in mine how's that perfect sound? look at that okay See, we didn't even plan that we didn't even know because uh, I, I don't know if you know this, folks, but if you've never listened before, I had no idea which, what song Sean was going to do. And he just found mine out this morning. So so we didn't, we don't plan these things out. So if you think that the song I'm going to do is just another cheesy late 70s, excuse me, late 60s, um, 1969, I think it came out, song that mentions Shakespeare and has Mendelssohn in there uh, and with some classic big vocals by an unbelievably great singer that also had a hit in the early 50s, <laughs> then you're not listening. How's that sound? How's that? That's quite a description. <laughs> All right, introduce it. So Worst That Can Happen, not It's the Worst That Can Happen, but it's it's actually called Worst That Can Happen by Johnny Maestro and the Brooklyn Bridge or by by the Brooklyn Bridge. It, on uh, on it, Spotify, it's just Brooklyn Bridge. And yeah, is, you do need is, to make sure is. you search Worst That Can Happen, not The Worst because it won't find it. Here's a little right. preview. I'll give you the first few seconds so you can get an idea. Girl, I heard you're getting married. Heard you're getting married. This time you're really sure. And this is the end. So some of the classic singers, Jay Black from Jane Americans, Johnny Maestro, who sings this one, uh, Lou Christie. I mean, there were these big vocal guys in that late 60s kind of era. Uh, and what my contention is, the reason why I want to do this song is um, not just that that I think it's a great song, but I, I remember it from back in the day. I mean, it's not like when I was a kid, like I was 10 when this came out or 12 or something like this. So it wasn't like one of my songs that was on my my list, but it's, it's something that's such a, a great, great, great version that showcases so much. Um, that you could be missing it if you're just listening to the to the vocals because they're so powerful. But the structure of the song and what's going on with the uh, the music in the background is pretty epic that you could miss if you're not paying attention. All right, so go ahead, click the link in the show notes to listen to it, and we will come back and talk about it. <laughs> So much emotion in that song. I know. Come on, huh? Like Come on. Like he's on the verge of crying by the end there. Well, he he is, really. The song was so written I gotta, by... I, uh, before we get into the song, I, I need to, to okay. you know, grew up listening to this song because it was on one of the mixtapes that you had in one of the minivans growing up, right? <laughs> so, like, been hearing this song my whole life, and I actually tried to recreate that mixtape on a playlist once. 
I, I was talking talking with Katie and I was like, because you know certain songs you you hear the the end of a certain song and I expect to hear the beginning of a new song every time. For like example, the next song that you always hear. Yeah. For example, I am a, a huge Weezer fan, as I, we've probably talked about on here, and the song Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly was on that list. Every single time that song ends, I expect to hear. That's what came on right after, and so it's like it's it's almost like part of that song, and it's like weird to me when you don't hear that right after, and that made me seek out that version of Little Bitty Pretty One, which who was that? I could I still can't feel like I Huey Lewis. Is that Huey Lewis? It didn't sound the same to me, but but same thing, um, you know, and this, and I was trying to find this song. And I felt like I remembered it sounding a little bit different, and I couldn't find the yes. version that I remembered. You did. You did. I did. You did. Oh, so I'm yes. not crazy. You're not. There's a mono version. There's a stereo version, I understand, because I did a little research of it, too. And, and if you're going to listen to this, folks, you have to make sure you listen with headphones on, loud, and you have to hear the stereo version, because the original version, or one of the versions before they kind of recut it, um, didn't have horns and didn't have the, the presence of the drums uh, and some of the instrumentation. So, um, in the forefront, it was always kind of muted in the back and it didn't even have the horns that, that classic, you know, that, that wasn't yeah. even there, but it's the stereo versions, which I think is so much better. This is so much better. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's good. The that makes me feel heard. a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. But Th- this it's version funny because seems, I- it seems flat. The other seem kind of flat, but this yeah. one seems epic when you have all those other kind of, uh, instrumentation come into it. Yeah. I, I want to say that the casual music listener probably wouldn't know this song necessarily unless you're of a certain yeah. age or you listen to a certain type of music. I don't think it's one that was like, you know, when you, when you listen to classic rock song, rock, rock, classic rock stations and, you know, oldie stations, like you're not going to hear this likely. Right. So, so right. I think a lot of people just kind of casual music listeners will not know this song. I know this song well, because I grew up listening to it in the back of a minivan. I think you know? our, our age um, and maybe 20 years younger than me might have a little more kind of uh, level of comfort with this song because they would have heard it more. Um, but I think it does get, it gets lost in the sauce with all the music over the last, you know, generations and, and oh decades. Oh my God, and lost stuff. in right. the sauce. That's another t-shirt. <laughs> By the way, if anyone has deep, not checked instead out- Instead of deep in the cheese? <laughs> yes. We, we launched a new merch store and we have a deep in the cheese t-shirt and it's awesome. It's great. And I, it's awesome. And I, I want it. Um, but we may need to get a Lost in the Sauce one, too. Lost in the Sauce. That's pretty sweet. I like that's that. That's from one of my students at Franklin P.S. always says Lost in the Sauce, so I always pick I like it up that. Her, if you so. could have him design a t-shirt design for that, that would be fantastic. All right. All right. Lost in the Sauce. So, <laughs> But but again, I, I think, um, I mean, I was thinking this because of, of Mike, you know, um, your uncle, Mike Brown, has always talked about Brooklyn Bridge. I think he saw them and so, but he always loved this song. And mom loves this song. So it's always, yeah. you know, when I do those mixtapes. I, I love this song. It too. was it was for her. You, you put you put a song on for everybody that's in the car when you're taking a trip, you know, in the minivan. You put Is a song on Is that why Weezer was on it? I guess I didn't know Weezer at that she point. She loved <laughs> that song by, by, she loved Buddy Holly. You know, she really? loved that song by Weezer. Yeah, she always did. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know my mom was a Blue Album fan. She She is, yeah. Um, right, it's good, and and we love Buddy Holly in general. So it kind of you know brought all the pieces together. Um, but the whole thing about this is, again, the big vocals. Like you said, it's so emotional. It's written by Jimmy Webb, who wrote "By the Time I Get the Phoenix" and MacArthur Park. I mean, these other like big, big, big like songs. Glenn Campbell and Richard, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, and. This is like the trilogy of the old, you know, of a, literally about a girl who left him and got married and, you know, his heart is broken. And he, he wrote this with that in mind. And 
um, kind of gave it to um, Johnny Maestro, who has the voice, and just you 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 feel it when he sings it. Um, mm. Johnny Maestro, if you don't know either, which I I, I knew this at the time, but I kind of was reminded of this when I did a little research, was the lead singer for the Crests, which means nothing to you. But no. if I said to you, 16 candles, yep. noon, Johnny Maestro and the Crests. Tell me that's that his him. stage name and not his actual name. It is. It's like some Italian name from the Bronx okay. or something like that. Yeah. From, <laughs> or from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, like a lot of singers back, you know, back in coming out of New York City. Yep. Right. Yep. Like Mastrangelo or something like that. One of those deals. Um, but, but this brings in, you know, so much with the vocals, but I think the song is better. Um, if it didn't have any vocals because of all the stuff that's going on, you know how you always say, well, there's a lot going on, you know, on this song. I, you know, I wrote mm -hmm. that down, you know, the song, um, there's a lot going on in three minutes and 12, 12 seconds. And there, there really is. is. It's almost like the structure of this is backwards to me. Like within the first 56 seconds, it goes through an entire song and it builds and it gets big. And then it kind of like, okay, let's start again. You know, so you have, you know, the first, the first 20 seconds, you know, it starts to build the first up to uh, 33 seconds in, it's like a big finish and the drums are just epic right there. At 39, you got the horns, bop, 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 you know, like just, you know, accentuating this. And at 56 seconds, yep. horns. And right here, this is my favorite. Drums. I can't play much. I, I, I can only play certain. <laughs> I know. But the the drums um, are so out in front if you have the stereo version of that where that drummer is working his tail off during this, this song. I know we talked about um, High Guns, the uh, um, documentary, the documentary you recommended I watch. Did you watch it? I, I watched. I did. I watched. Fantastic, it was great. It was great. I highly and, recommend anyone who uh, enjoys music to watch that documentary. It's yeah, very, very good. Very enlightening too. Um, and And confirming of stuff that I kind of knew, mm -hmm. you know, about, and, about and a lot of it, different aspects cool too. it's cool because I don't, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but it's cool because if you, you know, there's, I feel like there's some artists that you might not realize that they're as smart or as experienced, like artists like Alice Cooper, when he's talking, you realize like this guy knows a whole lot more about music than I thought he yes. did, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, some of these rock and roll guy, artists, right, like right. you think that they're, they're, they're more just putting on a show and, and going for the shock factor, but um, they know their stuff and it's, it's, yep. And I never realized that Billy Joel was just such a dick. Yeah. 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 To <laughs> do right, that sorry to, to, sorry Liberty, to go off Liberty DeVito was not good. But but one of the drummers in there that I'm a huge fan of, um, Kenny Aronoff, who um, was a oh, drummer yeah. for, a lot, for a lot of different big bands, John Cougar and Seeger and a bunch of other bands coming up. Whenever he's playing, and if you've ever seen him play... Um, he's he's impossible to notice because you know, and and Sean, you know, by you know being in the the uh, when when you're in in, in a playing bass or you know you're always in the background as a bassist or a drummer, you don't want to kind of take the the center stage and and be the main the main thing that people want to pay attention to. You always want to kind of feed into what's going on, you know, with the lead singer and and with with the the vocals and all. But Kenny Aronoff like wants center stage and and demands it and is good about that. But he's he's got this this pounding. And the drummer in this, which is not Kenny Aronoff, by the way, um, reminds me of that, of the old, this guy is like, pay attention to the things I'm doing. And it's easy to miss that and the horns. Can you do a minute 20, Sean? Yep. Out of nowhere, a Barry Sax comes in and plays these like five or six notes. Like, where did that come from? Like, and, it, and it's one of those situations where um, without the vocals, you miss all that. 
you know, and as as much as Johnny Maestro's vocals are, are amazing and and really like so out there, and that anybody who does know this song, you know, if you don't know it, hopefully you'll get to know it because it is good. But if you know it, you remember the vocals and you remember the words and you remember that the the moment and what is what is sending. But you could miss all the really really good structure underneath that's going on with with the uh, with the band and stuff. Unbelievable. So after you know when it starts again, if they're fifty six seconds in. You know the, the Barry Sax comes in, which is so cool. That came out of nowhere. Oh, and then the well, drum. you have one oh two. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I can find that. Hold on. I'm sorry. Barry, you know that's not my And that guy's like, please notice me. I'm getting some recognition on this damn track right here, and, stuff. <laughs> and it was good. You know, and, and it and it works. You know, but until I listened to it with headphones up loud, stereo version again, I'd never heard that song. That, that part of the song. I never heard the drums, well, you know, you with their listening. fills and everything else. I wasn't listening. You were you hearing know? it, but you weren't listening. But I was not listening. Hey, this should be a putt. Nah, it would never mm. work. Um, but then later on, you know, the drum fills and the horns come in again. But my, and then the bridge at the, uh, the middle of that, about a minute and 43 seconds in. Now, this song is only three minutes and 12 seconds long, but mm-hmm. there's so much going on in such a short amount of time. But the bridge when it, you know, and girl, I don't really blame you yeah. for having a dream of your own. And reading about it, they said what they did is they just, they gave um, Johnny Mustro the music practice a few times and he did it in one or two takes. They put him in the vocal booth and the rest of the band and all the musicians um, and I guess it's an 11 piece band and they brought other people in for this and the producers and everybody else who were just sitting there in awe of him going crazy on this. And when he hits that part that says, that if he, if he, which is, um, they, I guess it's a high C and it's just, it's such a perfect note that he hits. And that just like made everybody almost fall over in their chairs while, when he hit that stuff. So, um, so yes. Now that talk about goosebumps, that gave me goosebumps hearing it again, Absolutely. just because yeah. you think about the power of the, that. But again, you're hearing the, the the vocals, you're hearing his his delivery of the vocals. It's a very strong message. But man, the 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 underlying music under it is so good and so rich and so yeah. thick um, that it's really easy to kind of look past that because of um, you know because the, the, you remember the song and you and again people who know this sing sing every word they know the chorus but they know the words too of, of my my generation you know, of people that are actually um older than me as well too so remember this came out in 69 when what was going on in 69 was not these epic songs it was like r&b it was the beginning of the psychedelic era um mm-hmm. it was woodstock was in 69 this was not the stuff that was coming out and this was just epic and and filled your stereo speakers and you know we but all it had still has that feel of like the headphones whole, this big you know be, because of his voice voice it still has that kind of feel of like a, a 50s pop ballad yeah, kind it of is. thing you know I, I, well i think that's his 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 background his history that's, that's where they're coming style. from when you're looking yes. at the you know, artist like jay and the americans that's the that's same the sound thing. you get you know yep, it's the same, same idea that, and we yep. we referenced that as well when we talked about the um <laughs> delilah 
You know, oh, yeah. there's a there's a certain vocal styling Presence. that yep. yeah yep. that is very reminiscent of that sound, and and he has that in his voice and the way that he, yes. he does it. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I, yeah, goosebumps, goosebumps. You have a note but, on here of what my favorite part of the song is that I and I didn't tell you this, but I don't know if this is right or not. So you you said it's at okay. two twenty two is my favorite. Yeah, part. so I think my favorite part of the song is when it um, the music and the, the the lyrics go together like a woman like you yeah. means the, I love that part but then the next part going into 22 222 um is a break is that the horn and i know you and i know you like breaks i do i do like breaks you know what it's not even it's not even the horns it's not the horns it's 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 the it's the solo singing with with the break, that's what it is. When when you take the music away and his voice just kind of stays. Yeah. Okay. And gotcha. then I think it's pretty. I think that very next section could almost be considered deep in the cheese. When they do, when they play the 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 bridal march, the wedding march. That's uh, that's Mendelssohn, right? It's cool. Right. It's cool, but it's like almost a little too relevant yeah, in right. my mind. Yeah. Yep. It's cool yeah, how I, they and, build how they build onto it afterwards, though. Well, what, what I was surprised at is that right after that part that we just said, you know, when the vocals continue, the music stops and the vocals continue, then it's that run up of the organ. And you, ex- I expect it to hit. And that doesn't even sound hard. like a Leslie. I'm wondering if that's just a keyboard. Maybe, maybe. But, it, but I would think that next note after that run up would be something big, like a, mm-hmm. with a bass and, and everything else. But it goes into horns, which is like, whoa. That was a yeah. surprise. Um, it worked, you know, but it just seemed like it was a little, like, not enough. It's like, oh, I wanted more from that kind yeah. of stuff. You know? Yeah, it and almost that's, holds, that whole holds thing back. Is, that's almost, a, and I guess that's Mendelssohn, and that was from, I think it was Shakespeare's, Winter's, I, I can't remember, what you know, Winter's Tale, or what, whatever, one of Shakespeare's plays a where Midsummer that came from. Night's that was Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream, I think. I can't remember yeah. exactly which one, but... Um, but it, so there's a there's a Shakespeare connection. There's there's a classical music Mendelssohn connection. There's a traditional cheesy wedding march connection, and then it just kind of falls off the cliff and ends. I mean, kind of like what out. you just did. Yeah, just what you did at the um, on yours is it's like everybody else comes back into the studio. Like, okay, uh, Johnny Marshall's done. Okay, while he's singing, everybody come on back in. Let's finish this last for us. Everybody, come on. No, put the coffee down. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Come on in. Come on. <laughs> All right. Everybody sing, and then it ends. So it's it's kind yeah. of an interesting take. So it's almost like the the structure of this for me is backwards. Like it builds at the beginning, and then it kind of starts again, and then you know it's a big ending. But the ending itself is almost not as big as the beginning ending that you had the first fifty six seconds. You know, what year was this from? Sixty nine. Yeah. So sixties and seventies music did not have hard finishes. They didn't have stingers. They didn't have a lot of, you know, special music. It, it was all, it was a lot of fade outs. Uh, and I think that was kind of standard. I think they just said, okay, play this, just play this riff, play this, you know, these, these four bars for the yeah. next nine minutes and we'll see how long we want to fade it out for. Right. And the engineer um, will decide when it's going to yeah. be faded out. You know, exactly. With his I, and, yeah. I, and I think that was pretty, <laughs> I think that was pretty common practice back then. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you don't okay. hear a lot of that. There's not a lot of fade outs in, in, in mainstream music anymore it's a lot of hard it's a lot of more hard stops and now you'll start noticing that if you're listening to the radio you'll realize like wait because you know the the dj has to start talking over a fade out and they don't have to do that anymore right just interesting okay i didn't think of it that way something to look at but but if you think about this ending i mean they just 
brought, you know, they had horns. They had this run up with this, this organ. Um, they had Shakespeare and Mendelssohn and they didn't like, like jump on that for another like two minutes. Are you kidding me? They just faded that out. What are you kidding? You know, so it almost it sounds like, like they wrote the, the they wrote the song without knowing how they were going to end it. Then they got the message, you know, it's the classic story. Like, Oh, I fell in love with this girl. We're not together anymore. She's getting married, and that sucks for we need me. A but wedding it's, presence somewhere. Like, it's the best. It's the 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 best thing for her. So I'm happy, and I want her to be happy. But it sucks for me. You yeah. know, it's it's the best thing for you, but it's the worst thing that could ever happen to me. It's a great emotional story, and I think they wrote it, and then it was like, how do we end this? Song? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that that happens. That does happen. You know, you yeah. you come up with great lyrics, you come up with with great riffs and stuff, and then you're like, where do we go from here? There's nowhere to go, right. and that right. that maybe is is Could something yeah. they ran into. I don't know. And and it's so cool. Like at the end, when he hits those notes, that it was if you if he if he when it's up so high, yeah. uh, and he's bringing it back home, and then that last verse, he says, um, uh, and it's the worst that could happen, and he doesn't say to me like he does at the rest oh, of the song he doesn't end it with to me because the, the next part is the horns right and it's the worst that could happen and he doesn't do the old to me um you know so it just it just ends with that so interesting that they kind of left that that little piece of it off as well which i thought that was uh that yeah, was kind of ingenious some, there's well. some some real depression there yeah 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 interesting Instead of saying, so, "Oh, this again, is happening to me," it becomes it. It, it goes from worst, being, "This is the worst thing that could happen to me." Why is this happening to me? It goes from that to, "This is the worst thing that could ever happen." This is the, that's this, right. This, the, that's some serious depression. If you look in, if you're that's looking right. at it in that way, that's some some clinical shiznit. You gotta, but, you gotta talk to someone about that. But, but think, and maybe he went to therapy directly after this. I don't know. But think about, um, or the, at least the the the, the writer, the, the the one who wrote the song, Jimmy Webb. But if you take, you know, let, let's do a karaoke version. Take all of the, the vocals out and just hear this song on its own. It stands up. You know, just the music itself stands up. I can do up that for you. I know. Just... But <laughs> I know. Any, anybody with, with the editing stuff can do that. But just if, if that was to ever happen, this music would still be present. And It'd be still awesome. be powerful. It would still be awesome. Yeah. Um, and because it's and, not like it's not like just regular chord progressions through a verse and a chorus. It's like it's really no. dynamic. It changes up yeah. through the whole thing. Yep. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. There's going a lot on. going on on here in this three minutes and twelve seconds. Huh? Um, I wanted to kind of take a, a page out of your playbook with that. There's a lot going on cool. here. Stuff, so. There is. I just um, I just thought it was it was one of those songs that if you only listen to the vocals, you're going to miss the rest of the song, and that's why I want to make sure we kind of add it to to this no. this kind of genre of podcast. Great song. I love I love this song. For all of the reasons that we've talked about, I, I've loved. But the right version, remember, right? The right version, like you said, you went right. You're looking for it. You got to get the one that that's got all the elements, which is the stereo. So version. I was looking yeah. for the wrong version, I guess, and I couldn't find it. I found that a couple times too. The one that I that I found on and I have on my Spotify list is the uh, is the right one. So if you look at yeah, Spotify, it's going to be one of the first ones you found. So so yep. Uh, we talked about your favorite part of the song. Who who would you like to hear cover this song? With that kind of vocal range, again, hitting those notes, um, I don't know. Elvis? So, I've, I've said 70s, these guys- 70s Elvis, not 50s Elvis, 70s Elvis. Okay, okay go ahead. So, che- I've said this, deep, I've said this deep, for a couple geez. songs before, and I think, they're, um, I think this is a band that I would just want to hear cover like a million different songs. But I, I would love to hear the Killers do this. I think they would do a really? killer version of it. Really? Because of Brandon Flowers' voice, I think his voice could pull yeah. it off. Yeah, 
Um, but then okay. the other person that I was thinking was actually Brian Fallon, who obviously I talk about all the time because he's like my musical hero. Yep. But yep. the reason I say that is because of one song by him on his newest album, which is Sleepwalkers. It is a song called Etta James. And we've talked about this, how there's certain songs when you listen, you can hear the amount of emotion that is put into them, into that performance. And it, to the point where it's almost painful and their voices are almost breaking and stuff. And so this kind of goes back to like, this is a song that maybe you should check out. You know, we're not going to get deep into it, but check this song out. This song is called Edit James. To your playlist. It's called Edit James. I want to play the chorus for it from it. And I think you'll understand why I okay. can get, get a similar kind of correlation between them. You see what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Just really, really powerful yeah. emotion behind that chorus and that song. And, and they they remind me of each other. These songs remind me of each other. See, I think of that with almost any Brian Fallon song. I think he's got that kind of raw emotion he, that he brings he to can, the table a lot of times. He can, but that specific song feels, I feel more emotion from his performance yeah, in that song yeah. than a lot of other ones that he does. I can see that. I'm just throw that out there. Great song. Yeah, great I'm album. Trying to th- I'm trying to think of any anybody else that I can think of. Um, Brandon Flowers, man. Yeah. He could nail really? this. Okay. He could nail it. Freddie Mercury? I don't know. Just I'm just yeah. thinking of someone who has range, who has range, but it would be a whole different feel if it was a Freddie Mercury song or, or something. But yeah. Good. What, what about so, someone like uh, like a female singer? Who could, uh, who's got the power for that? Aretha. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who do Celine you think? Dion? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about range. So yeah. Crazy. Exactly. All right. But, um, no, or, or Jay North from Jay and the Americans. I mean, it's just like, you know, you take out yeah. one and put the other one. But yeah, yeah same exactly. thing. Yeah. yeah. No, so great stuff. Great. Yeah. So um, f- all right. Fun Anything one. else? Nope. Nope. Just uh, I already said about my favorite parts that, you know, when a woman like you needs a house. Uh, just epic, epic, epic. Great yeah. Song. Well, it's a good it's a good build up to the to the big climax yep. of that song. So, yep. For sure. Oh, thanks for letting me do that. Really that was good. a fun one. That was of good. Of course. That was good. And thank you, dear listener, for not listening and then listening. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys got something from these. I hope you enjoy those songs if you haven't heard them before. And I hope you understand why they are so good. I hope we were ha- able to enlighten you to that if you didn't know these songs. And hopefully now you're listening. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us notlisteningpod at gmail.com or find us on social media. That's right, social media, the platform we're all addicted to. Twitter and Instagram at <laughs> YNL Podcast. And you can search the name of the show on Facebook. We're on there as well. Check out the Teespring store link in our show notes so you can get that sweet deep in the cheese shirt. I like the blue one if anyone wants to send me one. Um, lost so, in the sauce. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have a lost in the sauce. If anybody wants to design... <laughs> A, a lost in the sauce t-shirt design and send it to us we will be happy to put that on the teespring store as looking well. at you erica lewis there you go and then lastly of course make sure you check out patreon podcasts for any other amazing music podcasts that are out there check it out patreonpodcast.com link in the show notes as well thank Great you so folks. much for listening and remember to stay hydrated listen to good music and don't be a dick we will talk to you next time see you folks It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.